All right, and hack. Welcome, everybody. It is 5 o'clock my time, 8 o'clock Eastern time, whatever o'clock your time. <laughs> it is time <laughs> for episode 5 of Queens it's of Nerdum. It is time. <laughs> it is time. All right. I'm Jen. And I'm Marvelous Tay. (laughs) The Marvelous Tay. Marvelous. All right. Welcome to the United States Department of Nerds, USDN for short. Um, We are the home of the Queen of Nerddom podcast. This is the perfect safe place for all nerds to come hang out, learn, and share. Um, guys, I don't know if we've said this before, but please don't worry if you don't know a lot about the stuff that we talk about. Um, we're here to share knowledge and to learn and grow and have fun. Um, I certainly don't know everything. Tay, do you know everything? Absolutely not. I'm learning as I'm writing sometimes. Yeah. You know everything. Tay knows everything. No. No. That's not what I Girl, same. Um, but if you... Um, but if you do know a lot, come and share your knowledge with us, okay? Hell yeah, and here's our intro. Oh. I'm not pressing it. Jeff, it's all you. It's time for our shot o'clock because I am the hack o'clock. It is also shot o'clock. <laughs> shot o'clock. Wait, right. no, let me pour my shot. Okay. While you do that, glass, I so. will be talking about uh, my shot glass and what I will be drinking. So I am drinking a oh. Ciroc pomegranate. 
Uh, I am drinking it in the Halloween Horror Nights 2017 shot glass, which is in Universal Orlando when I got this, which is also, you guessed it, where Hogwarts is. <laughs> so that's why I'm drinking it out of this cup. <laughs> glass. Shot glass. What are you drinking? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I wanted to try the Jameson Orange. Girl. When That's it says guessing. it's orange, it is ridiculously orange. It's delicious. All right. So this shot goes to health and making time for yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Salute. <gasps> Cheers. I love that. Salute. Yeah. You did that to yourself. <laughs> it didn't even fit into my shot glass. I'm like, how big is this? Damn it. Anyways. It's very orangey. I like it. Okay. So uh, today we will be discussing uh, Luna Lovegood, Hermione Granger, uh, Severus Snape, uh, and Neville Longbottom. What? Mm -hmm. I know you guys didn't know about the other two, but yes. So those, um, everybody who voted, thank you so much. Um, we always appreciate your inputs when we put those polls out. So um, we don't leave them up for too long because Tay and I are busy and got work to do on our podcast. So um, whenever you guys vote, we always take that into um, consideration when we do these things because we like to do them with you. Um, and just remember here at USDN. I know. We are of the people, for the people, and by the people. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, beep. So, um, <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about is, you know, <laughs> I love the information that we're uh, presenting today. Again, um, it merely scrapes the surface a lot of the information that's out there. Um, we try not to go down rabbit holes if we possibly can, but this is probably going to be a long podcast, guys, just because whenever you talk about Harry Potter, it's a lot. So sorry if we lose you along the way or you're like, wow, this is really long. It's going to be a little long, guys. So mm -hmm. hang in there with us. We got lots of cool stuff to talk about with these characters that, uh, Tay, I'm sure you can agree that we absolutely adore um, cutting it so, down to what we have now girl. was a lot. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as we said, um, there are yeah, two people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are two people that were voted by you guys and two that were our uh, favorites that we decided to do on our own. So the first one that we're going to talk about is our uh, first choice uh, by our fans, which is Luna Lovegood. So Luna Lovegood, I'm going to tell you about her not going to be a lot, but it's going to have some information out there for you. So she was born on the 13th of February, 1981. Yeah, I know. Uh, she's an only child. Her mother died at the age of nine uh, while experimenting with some spells. Luna was actually the witness to this. Um, this left her to be raised by her father, who was the editor of the Quibbler. So she attended Hogwarts from 1992 to 1999 and was sorted into the Ravenclaw. By the way, I am also a Ravenclaw. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm also a Ravenclaw. Um, so uh, it was like super awesome to talk about her. 
she's only one year behind Harry and uh, his peeps. Um, he, uh, she's one of the uh, ones that actually noticed the um, the andrels um, on her first day due to seeing her mother die. Ad says, as it should be. Um, during mm-hmm. her years at Hogwarts, she was teased for her strange behavior and her odd beliefs and got coined the nickname Looney Lovegood. Um, she became friends with Ginny Weasley, who was the same year as her, who is Ron's, um, younger sister, who is Ron's the same age as Harry. Um, rabbit holes, right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, during her... <laughs> Uh, she became uh, one of the few that believed Harry that Voldemort was back from uh, the dead or because everyone thought he was gone gone um, so she believed Harry when he said after the Triwizard tournament that he was back um, this kind of got her into the underwings and good graces of Harry and his trio or his two friends, the trio. <laughs> um, she was then invited into the- Yeah, the trio. Yeah, the trio. <laughs> into uh, Dumbledore's army. Um, this was taught by Harry Potter and this was the practice defense against um, Death Eaters. Uh, this is all due to him believing and saying that um, Voldemort was back. Luna was one of the, uh, she, persuade, she persuaded, sorry, persuaded. <laughs> she persuaded her father um, to publish the interview that reader, Rita Skeeter um, did with Harry uh, on the fact that Voldemort was back. And this actually got more people to believe that Voldemort was back. Um, when Harry planned to go to the Ministry of Magic, Magic due to his vision that Sirius was being tortured by Voldemort, uh, Luna is the one that offers the the andrels as the we fly of course you know that part of the movie um of when they were trying to discuss of how they were going to get there uh she participated in the battle of the department of mysteries in 1996 and protected ron and jenny um ron was underneath like a confusion spell that uh one of the death eaters hit him with and Ginny uh broke her ankle so she protected both of them and then eventually actually guided them to safety where ron and neville actually were so during her fifth year luna was invited into uh professor slughorn's christmas party by harry as his friend um his like date but it was a friendly way um, she temporarily becomes the commentator um, for Quidditch that year, and then she participated in the Battle of the Astronomy Tower alongside Neville, Jenny, Ron, and Hermione. During her sixth year, uh, she attended Bill and Fleur's wedding with her father. You could see her in that classic yellow dress. Um, she immediately mm-hmm. was able to recognize Harry. Um, who was actually under the use of Polyjuice Potion. This wasn't actually in the movies. This was in the book. Uh, Harry wasn't actually like himself. He was uh, using Polyjuice Potion to look like a Weasley cousin, but um, Luna automatically knew it was him, which I thought was like pretty cool. Um, Luna was one of the ones that tried to steal the Sword of Gryffindor for Harry um, with Neville and... Uh, Ginny to help with the Horcruxes, uh, because they believed that was how you were going to destroy them. 
Um, so she was one of the ones that uh, tried to do that. She ended up getting caught by Severus and was sent to <laughs> Luna got the site, is what AD said. Yeah, she does. Um, so, yes, she does. Absolutely. Yeah, she does. Um, so Severus actually was the one that caught her and then put her into detention with, um, what's the big deal? Hagrid, thank you. Okay, my brain. Uh, she also co-led the mm-hmm. uh, Dumbledore's army, which had ended, um, but she, like, was one of the ones that, like, remade it happen again um, when Hogwarts was underneath the control of Voldemort as Snape as headmaster. We'll get into that in a second as to why that's so interesting. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> I love Snape, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, cool. Girl, so, I'll be sorry. Luna, <laughs> Luna was on her way uh, home from the Christmas party um, on her sixth year when she was kidnapped by Death Eaters um, due to her, like her and her father's like um, activity uh, with like the rebellion, if you will. Um, but was actually freed by Dobby who's a free house elf, um, RIP, Dobby, I love you, I'm so sorry. Uh, And this was in 1998. Um, She then stayed at the Shell Cottage until she returned to Hogwarts to to, uh, participate in the final battle of the Second Wizarding War. Um, At the Battle of Hogwarts, Harry, Ron, and Hermione go looking for the item that once belonged to a Ravenclaw founder. Uh, Luna was actually the one that um, mentioned and uh, the lost diadem of uh, the uh, Ravenclaw. Um, And her and Harry went to go searching for um, the actual diadem in the Ravenclaw common room during the battle uh, Luna actually fought Bellatrix which isn't what was in the actual movie but in the book um, Luna fought Bellatrix alongside Hermione and Ginny Um, in the movie all you'll see is uh, Ginny and her mom fighting Bellatrix um, after her Mm -hmm. mom calls her you bitch (laughs) love that scene (laughs) not my daughter you bitch (laughs) You bitch. <laughs> um, so after leaving school, Luna uh, became a famous dude that should have been in the movie. Yes, absolutely. Black said it the best. Like, AD, you were co- completely correct. It should have been in the movie. I think it would have been totally awesome cinematically. Um, but it wasn't. So moving no on. The reason why it shouldn't have been, you know. I know. They had the time. They had the time. Anyway, so Luna became a famous uh, wizarding naturalist. Yeah, Luna is awesome, and we really don't get to see that much. Um, And uh, Mm -hmm. so after leaving the school, she became a famous wizarding naturalist and traveled the world in search of strange creatures. So she discovers and classifies many species. Um, This is when she meets Rolf's commander. Um, this is the grandson of Newt's commander. So if you've seen the, um, the, the, where to find them, what is it? Fantastic Beasts. There we go. Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Fantastic. Um, yes, I'm sorry. 
Newt Scamander <laughs> this is his grandson um, they marry and then they have two twin sons uh, a couple of fun facts that I wanted to talk about with her is that at Hogwarts uh, Quidditch matches Luna actually supports Gryffindor against any other house except for Ravenclaw and to show her support like in the movie you see this um, to show her support for Gryffindor she actually wears that head shaped lion um, that roars so you can see this in the movie when um, uh, <laughs> Gryffindor and Slytherin uh, were doing a Quidditch match together and she was wearing her lion head. Um, so that's what you see in the movie and that's what the books are talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and then to show her support for Ravenclaw, she wears an eagle hat with flapping wings. <laughs> Hades says, oh yeah, I remember. Hey, Kim. What up? Um, so Harry, What's up, uh, Kim? Harry names his daughter Lily Luna after her. Um, and Luna is actually the only living person, um, that is named after one of Harry's children. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. And the last thing that I want to talk about, <laughs> the last thing I want to emphasize, emphasize on my, uh, fun facts that I found was the, uh, plum earrings that Luna wears in Harry Potter and the order of Phoenix were actually made by, uh, Ivana Lynch herself, which is actually the actress that, um, plays Luna Lovegood. So, uh, she made the plum earrings as well as the bracelet that she wore in the shape of Luna's Patronus in Harry Potter and the, um, Half-Blood Prince. So, that is Luna Lovegood. Oh, Luna. You know, I think my favorite part about Luna is definitely with the, th um, the Thrustrals when, um, you know, in the beginning, you always think that the, the carriages are just magically being drawn, but it right. turns out that they're these not. <laughs> like these skeleton looking winged Pegasus are pulling them and they're not. And then I love how Harry like sees them and Luna's like, oh, I've seen him. I see him too, Harry Potter. And I was like, what? I love that. Yeah, and you can she's like, just crazy. She normalizes like, it for Harry. Exactly. And I think that. And he's like, oh, this is yeah. my the new norm. And she's like one of his only friends that's outside of Gryffindor. That is like one of his best friends. All of his other friends are really like in the Gryffindor, but like she's in Ravenclaw, but they're mm -hmm. still like really good friends. So it was all, it was all cool information for me to find yeah, out. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Are you ready? You ready to talk about Hermione? Absolutely. I am. All right, so Miss Hermione Granger, let's talk about her. So she was born September 19th, 1979. Her wand is a 10 and three quarter inch vine wood with a dragon heartstring core. Ooh. Um, so interesting thing, right? So here's an interesting thing um, about Hermione is that when she found out that she was going to Hogwarts, she actually began uh, studying it before she even went to Hogwarts. Um, mm. She actually learned all the spells in her spell book by heart. And she was actually even to perform a few spells at home. Now, this is really important. But you guys know that they did not get their wands yet. Yeah. 
that's wild. And so that makes so much more sense than in the first movie when she meets Harry Potter in the cart and then she does the Oculus Reparo on his glasses and why she was able to do that and know that. And when um, Ron does his with the Mm -hmm. bottom, bottom bellows, whatever, turn this fat rat yellow or something like that. And then it turns into a glass. She's like, I don't know that one. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was all very cool. was um so uh she even um purchased several other books to like further her understanding of the wizarding world because you know as you know that she came from non-magical parents um so she wanted to make sure that she had equal if not more knowledge than her the pure blood or um half-blood classmates that she was getting ready to um be with um so she was, as you all know, was sorted into Gryffindor. Um, and it was actually questioned by a lot of people. And I actually questioned this myself, why she wasn't sorted into Ravenclaw. Um, With all instead of, her of Gryffindor. Right? And Hermione yeah. actually, exactly. She's super smart. Um, not that Gryffindors aren't smart, but, you know, Ravenclaws are definitely known, known, for the uh, known right. to be more studious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually alludes to this when she's on the Hogwarts Express and she's like Gryffindor sounds by far the best so I think that's um as you guys all know whenever um the sorting hats on your head it also takes into consideration what you choose who you want to be a part of and I think that's why Hermione ultimately got sorted into Gryffindor okay um uh, so I'm gonna kind of go book by book um, uh, all the things that Hermione did that I think is absolutely amazing. Um, try not to make it boring. So, um, and the first Harry Potter book, which is set in 1991. Um, so as we talked about, Hermione demonstrated all knowledge and talent with her magic that was beyond most of the other students, as you saw. Um, she soon proved to be the best in all of her classes. She was very eager to please the professors, and she also liked to help others learn. Um, but it it kind of came across in like a bossy way, which is in the beginning. Um, so that kind of annoyed a lot of people and it was really difficult for her to make friends. <laughs> yeah. Girl. Cause you want to be friends with the um, teacher's pet. I was the teacher's pet. I know. <laughs> I know. No one to be friends with you. It's a bossy. Um, and one of the people that she helped um, a lot was Neville Longbottom. Keep that in the back of your mind. Um, so Hermione, Hermione was very uh, strict with the um, school rules, um, and she also tried to prevent other students from um, getting into trouble. Um, and she followed um, Harry and Ron when they were uh, leaving Gryffindor Tower to duel um, Draco Malfoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they were chased by Filch. Now, some of these things are in the book, not the movie, be warned. Okay. Um but um, Filch, who was the um, this the grounds That's the guy person, with the cat, right? Um, he was tipped off by Malfoy. Yeah, yeah, the one. <laughs> who is he? <laughs> who is he on Game of Thrones, guys? Oh, I don't know. He's the one that guarded the tower. Anyways, the river. I can't remember. I'll come to me later. <laughs> um, okay. So, anyways, um, they ran into the third floor corridor, which is actually forbidden to students, and that's when they first came face to face with Fluffy. So, the three-headed dog. All right, I know Fluffy is uh, 
cerebus or a three-headed dog or a three-headed dog. Exactly. There we go. Thank you, Rob. Frey. Rob, bro. You're the best, dude. It's going to come to me later and I'm going to be like, damn it. That's right. Walter <laughs> Frey. Um, so same same guy plays Filch uh, in, in uh, this movie. Um, so anyways, they came face to face with Fluffy. Um, so later on, um, Hermione argued that her spying on them was to their benefit because she saw that Fluffy was actually standing on a trap door and mm -hmm. probably likely guarding something. Now, Ron and Harry did not notice this initially. I'm sure they got really sidetracked as I would. I'm like, well, I can send three and a dog. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So good thing Hermione was around for that one, dude. So now during the mountain troll incident, um, this is actually where the trio's friendship actually solidified. Now, um, this mountain troll, as we all know, um, at the end of the movie was actually led into the school by um, Professor Quirrell. Um, Hermione had been in the bathroom crying because uh, Ron was saying some pretty not so nice things about her and she was upset. Um, so, uh, once they heard because the mountain trolls in there and they Sorry. knew that Hermione was in there, they went in to rescue her. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know. You know, all the signs kind of point, point to it and you're like, oh, that's why. Makes sense. That's why. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, so, so this is where their friendship solidified. So here is Professor McGonagall, Snape, and Coral arrive at the scene and see Hermione, um, covered for the, um, Ron and Harry, claiming that uh, she was fighting the troll because she thought that she could handle it because um, she read a great deal about them. And Ron and Harry to had merely come to help um, rest, uh, help her escape. So since so she took up for them and covered for them with the professors, um, they were best friends since then. Um, <clears throat> now, from there, um, I know. There you go. Friends, I love it. Um, so from there, um, they asked, she also helped Hagrid with Norbert. So if you remember Norbert, he was um, a little dragon mm -hmm. that um, Hagrid had illegally procured. Okay. From a friend yes, at the bar. It is illegal <laughs> to have a, um, yeah, a friend at the fan, Hagrid. How many times has he made these jails and gets in like an illegal, like magical animal? Oh dear, Hagrid. Every single time. Um, every time. So the every single time. Yeah, every time. So the three of them helped um Hagrid care for Norbert um until he was discovered. And then Hermione and Harry actually ended up smuggling Norbert out um with some friends of Ron's um older brother Charlie, who worked as a dragon tamer. Mm. Um but then we they also discovered that um Hagrid <laughs> let it slip out that Fluffy was in fact guarding something mm. and it was just between Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel mm -hmm. mm. and they're like who's Hagrid. Nicholas Flamel um, because who is Nicholas Flamel so Harry's research turned up nothing but here comes Hermione Hermione actually had a book on alchemy and that she was using for and I quote for a bit of light reading now this was also in the movie um, and she realized that Fluffy was guarding the Philosopher's Stone. I can't, man, I have, you know, I actually had Fluffy, like, as a stuffed animal. I love that damn thing. And as someone Aww. called Fluffy, I was like, oh, God. I know, he's so cute. I think I still have him somewhere. Um, 
So Harry was really fearful, obviously, that Voldemort was going to come back um, and steal by stealing the stone. Um, and then he was also thought Snape was acting as a double agent, so he wanted to steal it first, right? So here's mm-hmm. the trio sets out. Now, Hermione, um, they get caught by the devil's snare, if you remember, and Hermione mm-hmm. helped free him by casting the bluebells flame. Yes. Now, luckily, man, luckily they had Hermione because they would have been stuck. Um, so just a note, because this Ron is actually was like freaking out on and it. was like choking himself. Yeah, stop moving, and she's like, stop moving. And she cast the blue bullet flame and it released him. So some of these things are actually playable on um, a PC Mac game. I didn't write down all of the names of the video games, but some of these things are playable. Um, and then um, the riddle that Harry has to solve um, with the potions in the black and purple flames. Also um, a playable that was not in the movie. Um, but... <clears throat> Hermione was actually ended up being awarded 50 points to Gryffindor by correctly solving uh, Professor Snape's potion riddle yes. in the end. Yes. So, but yeah, pretty cool. Playable, yeah. playable, just so you know. Okay. Um, so now we come to Harry Potter 2 in 1992. Um, this is where we first encounter the prejudice. And this is actually where Hermione first encounters the prejudice of um, and hatred surrounding her blood status when uh, Draco Malfoy calls her a filthy mudblood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's and Ron tries to stick up for Wait her and says, eat slugs. Yeah. But his exactly. is broken. Eat slugs. And he eats slugs. <laughs> He tried. He gets points for trying. For real. Yes. He does. All right. <clears throat> so the trio learned of a secret chamber that was built by Salazar Slytherin, in which um, it hit a horrible monster that would petrify Muggleborns and Hogwarts. Um, because Salazar Slytherin was um, against Muggleborns being allowed into Hogwarts. And they found out that it can only be opened by an heir of Slytherin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is to note in this movie that um, Hermione is actually able to make um, polyjuice. Now, everybody thinks, oh, yeah, she made polyjuice. It's actually a very advanced potion. Um, if you remember in later books, um, Professor Snape makes a polyjuice potion, which he is the potions master. Yeah. I mean, if she can make a polyjuice potion and so does, you know, and Snape does, I mean, that does super advances my point. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and actually takes a month to brew this potion. Um, mm-hmm. And she actually goes into um, Professor Snape's own cupboards in order um, to uh, make this polyjuice potion. And the point of this is to interrogate Draco to see if he is actually the heir of um, Slytherin. Um Hermione, um, let's see, they they got a hair from uh, Bolster's cat and not actually Millicent herself. So they didn't show this in the movie. But um, so you see Ron and Harry change into Crab and Goyle. And I don't think in the movie she actually took anything. But in the book, she actually did. She ended up turning into a cat. 
No, she does in the movie. She turned into a cat. She has a cat face. Does she? I can't remember that. I haven't seen the second one in so long. Um, So she turns into a cat. So she stays. um, She actually has to end up staying in the hospital wing for a while because she ended up staying in this cat form well after um, the potion wore off. Damn. (laughs) Believe it or not. So, um, yeah. And so Hermione is actually the one that draws this connection between Harry hearing voices in the wall during the chase. Um, and she came to the conclusion that this creature must be a basilisk. And Amanda, yeah, yeah that's right, right, Amanda. Yeah. Yep, she was hiding in the stall. Yep, I remember. You're right. And then she does open yep. up eventually the door to um, reveal that she is a cat. So she did a lot of research. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. I remember. Oh, yeah. Like, I forgot about that part. Um, so our dear Hermione, as usual, um, dives into her research and um, researches that if she used a mirror to, like, look around corners, um, which actually ended up saving her and another student's life, um, she would be petrified instead of dying instantly from the, um, the Basilisk's um, stare. Or his eyes, if you will. It's kind of like reminds me of Medusa a little bit. Just yeah. Saying. Some okay. parallels there. I love it. Right? Right. <laughs> um, so she ends up being petrified. So we don't see a whole lot of Hermione um, in Harry Potter 2 after this because of her being petrified. But she still manages to help the um, the rest of the trio. Um because she ended up scribbling pipes because they couldn't really figure out how the basilisk is transversing the skull, right? Right. So luckily, Hermione had that all figured out. All right. So um, in Harry Potter 3, it occurs in 1993, she adopts a a ginger part nasal cat, which actually a nasal, I had to look that up because I was like, what's a nasal? I don't know. Did you know what a nasal was? I had to look that up. I was like, what's a nasal? I'm like, like I'm, I'm curious. I'm like, what's a nasal? So, bless it's you. Actually, a magical beast. Yeah. God bless you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's okay. That's where my brain went. Nasal. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, stupid. <laughs> so uh she adopts this cat so unusual you can't with you tay <laughs> so um it's actually a magical beast related to a cat okay and it's known to be able to detect untrustworthy people Ooh. i'm gonna bring that up again okay i look forward to right? it right you think that's why? Do you think that's why he's going after? Let's just talk about it now. Do you think that's why he's going after scabbers? Yes, <laughs> because the cat knows. <laughs> it knows. Okay. <laughs> makes so much more sense. It now, is good. Right? It makes AD so much more sense good. now that I'm like, yeah, that's why he's going after scabbers. Right. Doesn't go after any right? of the other mice. Doesn't go after that's literally so, anything else. Like, just, like, just, just scabbers. Because no. of who scabbers is. Just scabbers. Okay. I slapped I slapped my, my laptop down. I was like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> I was like, damn it. It was right there the whole time. I was like, damn it, I knew it. 
All right. Yes, Rob said it. And news cameras was no good. So obviously, um, yeah, he did. Man, guy, crying a little bit. Yes, thanks. What's his name? Yes. So, um, I know. Sorry. Um, this is also the uh movie where Hermione has the time turner. Um, mm-hmm. She got this, remember, she got this from uh, Professor McGonagall um, right. so she could double up on her classes. Um, what a nerd. She's also very, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a hard time with, like, standard classes. Um, she also defended um, Buckbeak, uh, Buckbeak, as you guys remember, he is a hippogriff. Um, from the Committee for the Disposal of Dangerous Creatures for um, Attacking Malfoy um, during the Care of Magical Creatures class. It's and that's totally when you see unfounded. her come back and be like, you have to get yeah, Draco hard... to the hospital now. Oh, gosh. When she comes back with you know, I have such a hard time with that scene because, <laughs> man, like, Draco, oh, fucker. I know. It's so annoying. He's useful later. Um, <laughs> um, but she, um, she's on. It is. It is. It is. It just, that was so frustrating to watch that mm-hmm. for Buckbeak. Anyhow, he had a good ending. Um, she also deduced, um, this is, oh, guys, remember, this is where we first met Professor Lupin. He's like one of the best Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, like, ever. Yes. Um, I remember he was, um, she deduced that he was actually a werewolf based on his boggart being a full moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also um, the timing of like his unexplained absences from class and um, how Professor Snape ended up changing their lesson plans to werewolves very abruptly. Because, you know, Turned Hermione had that classic all Girl, I can't believe you remember that. I am a nerd. It is in my blood. <laughs> okay. It's okay. It's like I bleed Harry Potter. It's okay. My, my blood I remember is that too blue. for some weird it's reason. Blue. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I get it. Um, but uh, <clears throat> but you remember during this, um, thanks to Hermione having her time turner, and some very vague and very helpful instructions from Professor Dumbledore. Um, they were able to save Sirius Black and mm-hmm. Buckbeat from death. Not and, only one life um, can be saved, but two. And it was also the end of this year. I know. You know, so I can't, bad. you know, this this has to be close to my favorite. I know. I just, I love all the movies, but this one's it's like super. I just, I absolutely love this movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, she ended up turning her time turner in much to everyone's dismay because she just said it was just too much trouble. And it's like, okay, Hermione. Okay. Now, um, Harry Potter 4, 1994. So this is this was not in the movies, but this is where she started the um, Crusade for the Liberation of House Elves. And she called it Society for the Promotion of Elvish, Elvish uh, Welfare, SPEW, S-P-E-W. <laughs> I'm going to name it something That else. sounds like a spew um, of words. After, <laughs> yeah, or bar. I always think spew is barfing. Like, anyways, um, after the abusive treatment of um, a half um named Winky, 
Um, and the housewives actually didn't really appreciate Hermione campaigning because some of them liked their their positions. Um, I know a lot of them um, liked working at Hogwarts. Um, right. They 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 enjoyed their work and they didn't really like her campaigning. Um, but there was actually a point where the the trio ended up um, talking to Dobby and Winky, and I think Dobby was the only one who said he enjoyed being free but he also started to talk to her about the struggles of being a free elf as well okay. um and this is also um one of my uh more favorite books Damn. yeah it actually does yeah yeah ad said that which is actually elf. pretty yeah. interesting that jk rowling added this in her books as well yeah um so this is the same book where um, Harry Potter's name got put into the Goblet of Fire. Um, fun fact about Jennifer is I remember reading this book on one of my deployments. Okay. So you know, love this book. Good to I read know. it a lot. <laughs> so I didn't Movie's have any not other so books. great, but okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so, Hi, so Hermione was one of the only students that believed Harry. Who's this? Hello. What's up? Hey, Dad. What's up, Dad? And this is where um, she's the only one that believes Harry's innocent and um, not putting his name into the Goblet of Fire to enter the uh, Triwizard Tournament. Um, I think right. there's at one point uh, Ron is suspicious of him for wanting all the glory and everything but Hermione yeah. like genuinely and, believes too, him. Yeah. and she's yeah, actually yeah. one of the few people that helps him prepare mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure um this is where Hermione also discovers that Rita Skitter is actually an unregistered um animagus so she can actually shift into a beetle and that's huh. how she um witnesses really private and confidential conversations Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Hermione actually uh, threatened to expose her abilities, but um, so it's basically Hermione, like somewhat blackmailed Rita saying like, you know, well, you're going to write this instead and you're going to stop doing these things. And obviously Rita ended up agreeing with her. Wow. Good book. Good book. Yeah. I know. Digest. Digest. So, um, Harry Potter 5, 1995. Uh, Hermione and Ron uh, were appointed prefects for Gryffindor. Huh. Um, Hermione took this position very seriously because <laughs> this is quite an honor. What? Katie said that's legit blackmail, <laughs> not kind of. It is. <laughs> well, the only reason I say kind of is because Rita kind of deserved it. And honestly, I probably would have turned her in. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I wanted to turn that bitch in. Anyways, this is me. <laughs> um. So Hermione takes her position of prefect very seriously because it's quite an honor to be a prefect, right? Um. Again, she resumes her activism with the house elves, which you don't really see in the movies, um, but not as intensely as she did in the fourth book. Thank goodness, because okay. I think a lot of people are like really annoyed by this. Hmm. Um, she does do something kind of crappy though. 
so she starts knitting hats and socks and stuff and hiding them in Gryffindor Tower with like some rubbish. So when the elves, um, she's trying to trick the elves into oh. freeing themselves. Okay, yeah. Which I was like, you know, that's kind of crappy, Hermione. Because they didn't um, want to not, they didn't of, want to be freed. Yeah. Right. That, that's wild. Oh, yeah, like, I, I kind of had an issue with this when I was reading that book, but anyhow. Um, so it ended up that Dobby was the only house elf that actually enjoyed her gifts, and he was the only one that would um, clean Gryffindor Tower. But she never knew about that. Dobby never mm -hmm. told her. He cleaned the whole thing and never said a word. He just Aww. enjoyed her gifts. I was like, Dobby. Dobby. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dobby, <laughs> Dobby, why? <laughs> oh man! Um, this year, Luna, um, she met Luna this year, and if there mm -hmm. was ever two people that were exact opposites, that would be Hermione and Luna. Mm -hmm. Um, but they got past their differences, and they ended up becoming friends. Um, I think even J.K. Rowling has been quoted saying that Luna's like the the anti Hermione. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah. Now, um, Hermione is actually one of the driving forces behind Dumbledore's army. Um, she's the one that uh, told Harry that, you know, um, I think this is when Professor Umbridge is teaching defense against the dark arts. And um, she, she actually refused <laughs> to teach them anything Dude, have you ever heard that Stephen King actually found her absolutely like chilling? Stephen King, like, can't believe that Damn. he's like, oh, I didn't man, know she's that evil. I'm like, man, if the king of evil is saying that, yeah, he actually said it. He's like, man, he's like, she's absolutely evil. I'm like, oh my god, I Stephen King said that. She is. She's absolutely evil. Mm -hmm. Um, so she only focused on theory and not actual like practical application. So this is where um, Hermione um, encourages Harry to help people practice and, and learn. And this is actually the very first time that Hermione's Patronus charm actually takes a corporeal form. Um, she's actually um, unable to perform this in Harry Potter 3 when they're fighting the Dementors. And remember... Um, mm -hmm. We're not necessarily talking about Harry, but that's when Harry's able to perform one of the hardest charms, which is the Patronus charm, and it takes full embodiment of a stag. Yeah. So Hermione wasn't even able to do that, but she does in this book. Um, and then um, she also, um, her brilliant spell work actually ensured the security of Dumbledore's army in the room of requirement um, as well. And she created... Remind me if this is, I don't remember this in the movie. I watched this movie not long ago. But she's okay. actually the one that um, created coins um, that were enchanted with a protean charm. Now, this is actually an advanced charm that she ends up using. So the there's like a club attendance sheet. And any person who tattles on Dumbledore's army 
actually get a um, this harness rash on her face that um, spells out sneak. Oh. And, and like painful boils. Right. Okay. That, Rob, was, that wasn't in the movie, was it? I don't. I don't remember. I don't think I remember that being in the movie. Mm -mm. I only remember Harry being the only one with anything like actually on Um, his skin in the movie. Right. But there, yeah. Um, So there was actually one of the the, um, members of Dumbledore's army. Her. her. Yeah. um, Which is sad because it's another thing that Hermione did that was actually really clever that actually showed like her abilities. So there was actually a member of Dumbledore's army who was kind of reluctant to join in the beginning. Um, but uh, she was being um, interrogated and yeah, her charm worked. She ended up telling and the sneak <laughs> coming on uh, the counter curse came on her face or the curse came on her face and yeah. the professors were not able to find a counter curse for this. And that's when like Harry knew like her jinx abilities were just like absolutely like phenomenal. Like that's how smart, like Hermione is this, not just smart, but she's incredibly like clever as well. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I didn't think it was in the movie, Rob. Thanks for uh, backing me up there. Um, now this is also, um, her afterwards because of the sneak curse. What's the box? Yeah. I think it's I, my yeah, I think I vaguely, yeah, I vaguely remember that. <laughs> oh, you're, <I'm> like, <laughs> we can stop like, if you're having it? a fire. <laughs> no, <I'm good. laughs> pause, pause. Be right no, back. we're good, we're good. <laughs> okay. I got all warm. I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? I'm good. <laughs> Um, so this is actually another, um, time where, uh, Hermione stopped Professor Umbridge from trying to use the, um, Cruciatus curse on Harry during questioning after, um, he was sneaking in her office. Mm. Um, she, at another time, lured, um, Professor Umbridge into the Forbidden Forest, claiming that, uh, Dumbledore's army had a secret weapon that they were building for Dumbledore as well. Um, and then you remember that was when Umbridge yeah. ended up being carried yeah, that, off. Yeah, that was in the movie. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> that's the how they centaurs. lured her. Into yeah, it. yeah, which was like super cool. <laughs> I yeah. mustn't tell mm-hmm. lies. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, yeah, that was when like uh, Hagrid's like half giant brother Gwarp ended up helping them and and everything. So yeah. Hermione's um, cleverness wins again. All right. All right. Harry Potter 6. Harry Potter 6. So uh, this is where (laughs) she took her owls. Okay. Um, She got high academic prestige when she um, obtained 10 owls. So she got outstanding marks in charms, transfiguration, care of magical creatures, arithmancy, arithmancy, History of magic, herbology, astronomy, po- girl, really? Um, all of the, the things. Oh my God. All of the things, except for defense against the dark arts. Um, hmm. She only got <laughs> exceeds expectations. And actually, Ron ended up making fun of her because she was disappointed that she only gets exceed expectations at defense against the dark arts. He's like, really? Of course, she was disappointed. That's, that's what you're. 
I'm like, oh my god, I get it. <laughs> I do, I do. Um, so this is when Hermione, I think, realizes her feelings towards Ron. Um, when Professor Slughorn has the potion of um, Amarantia. Amarantia, am I saying that right? Amarantia. It sounds um, right. <laughs> so it's the most powerful, right? Okay. <clears throat> it's the most powerful love potion in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to smell differently between, um, according to what, like, attracts us. Yeah. So she states, I smell freshly mown grass, new parchment, and then she stops and has this, like, really awkward look on her face, and she, she stops talking. And, and in I the think, movie, she says peppermint. I think the last thing. <laughs> Ron, Sorry if I cut you off peppermint? there. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know, Ron. Do you? I, I think Ron smells like peppermint. Yep, he one hundred percent does. I think she does. Um. Yeah. And in this particular book. Trying to her feelings first at the school dance. Yeah, I think so too. I think when when uh, um, the school dance, I think she. Well, I think I remember that Ron pet. didn't. Yeah, when Ron didn't ask her. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. She was because he was like it, the head of but... the the Quidditch team now in Gryffindor, and he was like, "Oh, I'm like too good for any of this," and then didn't have a date, and then. Asked one of the uh, Indian twins, I can't remember their names, um, to the dance and said, and she's like, you could have just asked me. And then she storms off and goes with uh, Crumb, Victor Crumb. Yeah. Like she didn't so. want to be the, the backup plan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. No, I, I remember that because I know she, I remember her being really upset at the dance and that, you know, he was kind of like jealous of Crumb and she was like, well, you could have just asked me. And she says, you ruin everything. Should've, yeah. Should have got the <laughs> book. Should have got the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is special to note um, that they don't really know. They don't really say a whole lot of it, but you see a lot more of it in the um, in Harry Potter 7 or in the um, Deathly Hallows Part 1 and Part 2. But in this particular book, she actually starts to master nonverbal magic. She was actually the first in her class to do so. Hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's hard. Can you imagine? That I mean, is. already this girl is learning magic and doing these things initially without even a wand. And then she becomes even more brilliant, like using a wand. And now she's the first one who is able to actually master it, not just do it. She masters yeah. like nonverbal magic. Like, damn girl. It's like being a vain trail. I want to talk like, about her mind because I'm like, that. she's, No. Um I can do it. My lips move. Okay. Um so Harry Potter's <laughs> sorry. So ridiculous. Um, so Harry Potter seven. <laughs> I know, dude. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Um so the Deathly Hallows. So Hermione basically she didn't necessarily plan the journey, but 
she was prepared. I know it says she planned it, but she was actually like very prepared um, yeah. to help um, Harry and Ron find the Horcruxes. Um, mm-hmm. This is where you see Hermione taking the the memories of her parents um, and making Obliviate. them forget that she was ever their daughter. Yep. Obliviate. Well, who is the other Game of Thrones character? Don't say it, Tay. Who is the other Game of Thrones character you see in this scene? Who's her mom? Anybody remember who her mom is? We'll leave it up to Rob. I'm sure he'll get it. <laughs> I got money on Rob. Mm-hmm. I got him. I got my money's on you, Rob. All right, I'll wait for him to uh, type that <laughs> to up. answer. Yes. Um, sh- this is where she, she uh. <laughs> She joins the Order of the Phoenix. I remember they wanted to join earlier, but they were way too young. And that's why they created Dumbledore's army. But now they're old mm-hmm. enough, so they end up joining the Order of the Phoenix. Um, uh, and this is where you see the Order of the Phoenix comes to remove Harry from his home. Um, you have all of them, like, taking the polyjuice potion to be the seven potters. Mm-hmm. Um, she, in particular... Flew on a terrestrial um, with Kingsley Shacklebolt and fought off at least five Death Eaters. Five. Yo, girl, did you say five? Um, five? And then she was also the. You said I said five. She killed five. that. Yep, there you go. Look at Rob. Yep. Look at Rob. Caitlin Stark. Thank you exactly. Can you believe that? Man, when I saw that, I was like, you know, it was actually the other way around. Like I remember, like watching Game of Thrones. I'm like. That's Hermione's mom. Oh my god! Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Six degrees. Now I'm gonna have to go back and watch like Harry oh. Potter and be like, "Oh my god, that's Stark." <laughs> that's Caitlin Stark. That's Caitlin Stark. <laughs> um, so during the execution of Albus Dumbledore's will, um, she re- received the tales of Beetle the Bard. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a, a children's book that was only written in runes. And this is where we find out about the Deathly Hollows. Um, she also displays a incredible wealth of knowledge, as always, um, when she mentions that um, the snitches have flesh memories. And this actually surprises Ron and Harry because she's not really a big Quidditch fan. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but she mentions this to Harry when Harry receives the golden snitch right. as one of the um, things that was bequeathed to him from Dumbledore's will. Mm-hmm. Um, during this, uh, these actually two movies, she shows a lot of um, great foresight and magical talent, but she's actually able to um, disseparate herself and uh, run, run in her and Harry away from danger during the wedding when the Death Eaters attacked. Right. And um, this is where you see the small beaded purse that she has that she plays an undetectable extension charm. Which is so rad. Kind of has so some uh, D&D yeah. influence there. No, uh, immediately when I saw that yeah, purse, a little bit of I immediately I see what you of, did there, JK. I immediately thought of uh, Mary Poppins is where my brain went, where she reaches into the bag and she like pulls out like a whole co- um, <laughs> the coat rack. <laughs> <laughs> that's where my brain went when I watched it. <laughs> so that's where my um, recollection so came from. I I just want that purse. Yeah, just want that purse. <laughs> just saying. 
Um, <clears throat> and uh, this is also where you see, so just that alone, all the things that they needed packed, she has packed into this purse. So yeah. Way to have great foresight there, Hermione. Um, she was able to steal the locket that um, Dolores Umbridge had um, around her neck. Mm -hmm. It was one of the, um, remember that was one of the uh, seven Horcruxes. Yeah. Um, and then um, again, disapparating again. Um, I think this is where um, Yaxley, do you remember when they were in the, um, the head of the uh, ministries and they're running away and Yaxley ended up grabbing onto them, disapparating. And yeah. Um, and then Ron's arm. She was, like, used like a, a revulsion yeah. jinx to, um, yeah, so that's where she used, um, oh, what is it? The uh, essence of Dittany because mm -hmm. she was too scared to heal him herself. Yeah, yeah, she ended up using that. I remember that. Um, and this is actually sad when she was tortured by Bellatrix as well. Um, but that, that took a lot of mental fortitude. Like, I've never mm -hmm. personally been tortured, but I mean, for someone to actually lay there and be tortured by like a, a high level, very powerful um, witch. Scary. I mean, she she was cutting into her arm with a dagger and still like Hermione, I think Hermione ends up passing out in the um, the book, but mm -hmm. I mean, she she stayed strong through the whole thing for Hermione. Yeah. Um, so uh, dabbling a little bit to after Hogwarts, um, she ended up going back and uh, taking her newt exam which those of you who don't know what newt means, it means nastily exhausting wizarding test. Um, which is the last test. And it's very subject um, specific. Yeah. Last one. So that's basically kind of seeing like what job that you're, you know, smart enough like for. Like your SA, for. SA, SATs <laughs> and ACTs for the people that go to college. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um. Uh, shortly after, um, I think a lot of this information, just so you know, comes from the um, Harry Potter and their Cursed Child. A little bit. I dabbled a little bit beyond. Yeah. I never read that book, but I was like, I won't get into that. Um, yeah. So they, so um, Hermione and Ron married, had two kids, Rose and Hugo. Um, and she was also the godmother of James. James um, Sirius Potter. Right. SAT for wizard. <laughs> um, um, one of the big things to note that um, I think the reason why Albus Dumbledore gave her the Beetle the Bard um, tales was because it was written in ancient runes. And that was one of the things that Hermione was very good at. So she ended up translating this. Um, it was actually, um, she took a lot of notes um uh, that was lent to her from Professor McGonagall to translate right. this. So I don't think anybody had ever translated it before. And um, Hermione goes on um, with a ministry of magic to actually uh, get rid of a lot of the um, oppressive, like pro purebud laws as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Later on, she ends up becoming the um, the actual minister of magic. It's like, damn, wow, that's I'm so cool. Minister of magic, we that damn girl. Damn. Um, there's a, um, a lot of things I won't really delve into 
with that as far as like the um the cure um the cursed child but um if you've never read it i haven't read it because it was i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna say it it was Do written it. for a play and it's just for me it's not really readable the struggle was real i don't okay. know if she was uh black i don't know if she was the first minister of magic um I don't. I, I honestly don't know the answer. Um, she's know. first one that you know. I what, know we'll of, get back to you, AD. We'll we'll let you know. You have the same issue. Yeah, I'll look that up, bro. I'll look that up. But anyhow, so there's Hermione in a very large nutshell. Uh, super smart, super amazing witch. I love, her. absolutely love her. <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> all right so there is your favorite to go into my favorite i'm gonna be talking about severus snape <laughs> this is my favorite this was my pick for this episode so severus snape was born cheers. in um cheers so he was born on the 9th of january in 1960 and then he died on the 2nd of May, 1998, at 38 years old in the Shrieking Shack. So, to go into his childhood and Hogwarts years. Oh, there you go. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you. Um, so, appreciate you, bud. Uh, uh, he was a half-blood. His father was a muggle and his mother was a witch. Um, he was raised uh, very close to the Evans home, who is Lily Evans, uh, Harry Potter's mother. Um, very poor. Uh, his father was abusive and his mother was very neglectful. So not very a bright childhood. Um, he met his uh, he met Lily and his uh, her sister Petunia um, when he was the ripe age of nine um, and felt deeply in love with Lily, uh, did not care for Petunia, but loved Lily. Uh, the two became very close friends. Um, and then Snape, <laughs> Snape and Lily started Hogwarts in 1971, um, where he was support, where he was sorted into Slytherin and she was sorted into Gryffindor. Um, Snape actually became immediate enemies of James Potter, who is Harry Potter's dad, and uh, Sirius Black, who is uh, Harry Potter's godfather, as we've talked about him mainly in um, Harry Potter 3. Uh, the, mm. um, the start of this hatred started with a disagreement on their train to Hogwarts. Uh, Snape and Lily were in the same cart. And uh, Potter and Black came into the um, cart with them, mainly because James saw Lily and was like, oh, but anyway, <laughs> um, they uh, got into a disagreement on this <laughs> in this cabin. Yes, the heart, heart emojis, heart emojis all day, every day um, <laughs> saying about which house is best. Um, and James very much disliked Severus because he said that he wanted to go into Slytherin. And he was like, nah, dude, like Gryffindor is all day, every day. So um, their <laughs> tensions only grew because the both of them loved Lily so much. Um, so 
uh, Snape had a passion for dark arts. Um, he became involved with bullies, um, hurting the friendship with Lily, which broke in their fifth year um, because uh, the people that he got involved with were all purebloods and she was not. Um, this is also when uh, Snape met Lucius Malfoy, who is Draco Malfoy's father, and he was the prefect for um, Slytherin during his first year. Snape became a member of uh, Slug's um, club, so Professor Slughorn. He had a club for talented uh, potions. Um, this is where he, uh, he is found in a pitcher um, clutching his uh, copy of Advanced Potion Making. We'll get to that in a bit. Um, Snape can be, like, in this book, Snape actually created a um, multiple uh, spells and curses, one of which that I will talk about is Septum Centra, um, that slashes cuts um, to bleed extensively. Uh, you will never actually really see the picture of Snape um, on uh, on Slughorn's mantle because he never really thought that uh, Snape would have. Oh, okay, yes, ma'am. Um, because uh, Slughorn never thought that Snape would really become anything, so he just kind of hid him behind all the other photos, but keeping Lily in the front. Um, so during the first Wizarding War, which is in 1970. 8 to 81, Snape tries to win back the affections of Lily by joining the Death Eaters. Um, what? I don't know why he decided to do that. Um, it was a really stupid decision. But one of his biggest contributions as a Death Eater was to let Voldemort know about the prophecy that he had overheard um, that goes a little th something like this. Uh, at the this end is what of July, Leilani said, "Right? Yes, yeah. the The professor that saw into the future that was having a conversation with Dumbledore. Um, mm -hmm. So he was eavesdropping. He heard this conversation. He heard the prophecy that said, "At the end of July, a child will be born who will cause the destruction of Lord Voldemort." So this applied to two people: Harry Potter and Neville Longbottom. So Voldemort. Mm -hmm. immediately targets the potters um snape begs voldemort to spare lily due to the his love for her right um voldemort agrees but ultimately obviously fails at this um sounds like they should have used the unbreakable right. vow we'll get into what an unbreakable vow is later but just saying that would have like i agree that would have definitely like caused all of this not to happen but anyway story happens we continue uh due to the fear of lily being murdered snape flips sides and um becomes a member of the order of the phoenix as a double agent um during the second uh, wizarding war war um snape goes to dumbledore and tells him what he told Vol voldemort about the prophecy and begs dumbledore to protect lily um despite his efforts to protect the Potters, um, Voldemort was tipped off by the one and only Peter Pettigrew um, about where they were, aka Scabbers. Damn you, Scabbers. Um, so Snape was 
devastated by Lily's death and wants to die. Just doesn't want anything else to do with anything. Uh, Dumbledore urges him to continue on living to ensure that Harry is safe out of the respect of Lily's memory. Snape uh, spends the rest of his life protecting Harry um, because he realizes that's what he needs to do. So his career at Hogwarts was from, hi, 1981 to 1995. Um, so Snape began teaching at Hogwarts in 1981. He applied for the position of the Defense Against the Dark Arts, but was rejected multiple times. Uh, this, actually, was because Dumbledore knew that uh, the job was jinxed by Voldemort, and no teacher would last more than a year. What do you want? It's okay. So, sorry. She Mel has something to say popular. about that. She's like, she, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, Voldemort um, jinxed the position, and nobody would last more than a year. Yes. So Dumbledore employed Snape as a potions master um, and as head as the Slytherin house. I'm sorry. So following Voldemort's fall. I'm so sorry. Um, it's so okay. Following, yep, there, there she is. There's her snoop. Hi. All right, so following Voldemort's fall, uh, Snape never attempted to find his old master, and thus um, having switched sides. Um, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> having switched sides ever since the Dark Lord um, had targeted Lily, and this allowed him to avoid time in Azkaban as Dumbledore like defended him. A huge point was that Voldemort had a promise to Snape that to spare Lily, yeah, and which we all know she didn't. Um, thank you, Rob, for putting that in there. Absolutely. Um, so during this time, Snape actually fabricated. I mean, yeah, um, Snape fabricated I would the have fact. Intervened as well. So Snape fabricated the fact that he believed Voldemort to be dead. Um, but in truth, he and Voldemort, uh, sorry, correction, uh, Dumbledore um, knew that Voldemort would actually return eventually. And this was the reason that he applied to be a teacher to ensure the safety of Harry. Uh, Snape is known to be a stickler for discipline, but obviously showed uh, bias for Slytherins. Um, he would bully other students without per, uh, repercussions, especially Neville, for obvious reasons. If Voldemort went after Neville, um, Lily would have never died, and he always thought of the what if. Um, so Snape mm -hmm. was cold to Harry as his actions were being reported by um, Death Eaters to Voldemort. Um, and but in in reality, he was actually like protecting Harry. Um, he just wanted to make sure that if Voldemort was like eavesdropping and watching into his visions, um, that he would know that like he wasn't being a double agent. Um, so um, this was so like he would never know too much about Voldemort's plans. That way. Like, when Harry and his friends were doing something to, like, stop the plans, he would have been like, I didn't know. How would I have known? Right? So, playing devil's advocate. 
So 1991. At at some point, I think J.K. Rowling told Alan Rickman that his story and like that that kind of end game. So he was actually able to play Snape even Mm -hmm. more accurately. I think. Do you remember reading about that? Yeah, I do, and. I love Alan Rickman. May he rest in peace. I love him as an actor. I'm a gush about him a little bit. Um, but like he's one of my favorite actors, especially with Galaxy Quest. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ridiculous movie, but it is it is so close to my heart. Um yeah. So 1991 mm-hmm. is where we're gonna do our first point, and that's in Harry Potter one. So in 1991, the Philosopher's Stone went from Gringotts to Hogwarts for safekeeping uh, because they knew never give up, never surrender. Yes, AD. Yes. Oh, my God. (sighs) Yes. Um, Songs in my head now. Thanks. (laughs) um, Snape contributed to the defense for um, against this artifact. Uh, to keep it safe by uh, adding this potions riddle, as we had talked about before. On Halloween, a mountain troll was let into the castle. So Snape tried to stop Coral from sneaking into the uh, restricted third floor where the stone was hiding, was actually bitten by Fluffy, which is why he had that uh, scar on his leg. Um, Mm -hmm. Coral's first attempt at Harry's life was when he jinxed his broom during the Quidditch uh, match um mm-hmm. snape actually performs a counter course a counter curse sorry um hermione actually sees this and thinks that snape is the one that's jinxing harry and goes underneath the um bleachers so to speak right um and does the spell to uh, set his robes on fire mm-hmm. um luckily snape is very dramatic and knocks quarrel um over and ultimately broke his eye contact to stop the jinx. Um, so the next part is in uh, Harry Potter 2. Harry uh, found out that Ron and, uh, correction, Snape found out that Ron and Harry um, had traveled to Hogwarts um, in the uh, Flying Ford. Um, and out of fear of Harry being expelled and putting him in danger, Snape confronted them and then called smartly, like uh, Dumbledore and Professor McGonagall, um, to solve the situation, uh, which they just sent them to detention and said, don't do it again. Um, Dumbledore assured uh, that they would not be expelled, and uh, McGonagall was the one that uh, punished them with a warning and detentions. Um, Snape thought this punishment was too lenient, even though like he wanted them not to be expelled. He still wanted the punishment to be like severe, right? Um, and retaliated by allowing the uh, Slytherin Quidditch team uh, to take over uh, Gryffindor's Quidditch team's uh, practice time, which you can see in the movie uh, with Draco being their new um, sitch finder, Mm -hmm. snitch. Um, During this year, Professor Snape also worked with the new Defense Against the Dark Arts Professor uh, Lockhart in running the Dueling Club, Uh, Snape showed a large amount of infuriation um, and anger at Lockhart, uh, who is the teacher of the subject that he most cherished. Um, Snape used the disarming uh, charm and blasted him against the wall. Um, 
So then Harry and Draco I love, uh, love that. each other. Yes, it was amazing. The guy went flying. Um, so then they had Harry and Draco come up and fight. Um, Snape actually instructs Draco to conjure a snake. And this is one you can see that Harry uh, uses parcel tongue to talk to the snake. And then Snape like quickly like vanishes the snake and he's like, nope, whoops, you weren't supposed to do that. Um, Snape was responsible for brewing the uh, mandrake um, draught in order to cure all of the petrified um, from the, the snake um, of the Slytherin that had like terrorized the school. So in Harry Potter 3, uh, in 1993. I mean, um, man, he's, he's amazing at the potions. He is. He has saved everybody's life. Um, and he's like, don't worry, I'll save y'all. And mm -hmm. then he brewed a potion and everybody was good. Um, I got this. So, yeah. And <laughs> Harry Potter 3, with the muddler, in <laughs> Harry Potter 3, um, yeah. Snape was the one that drew, uh, brewed a wolf Spain like potion for Lupin. Um, that's the page 394 that I've written in my notes, but we already talked about that. Um, <laughs> Snape uh, thought that <laughs> Lupin was helping Sirius Black, who uh, was an escapee from Azkaban to enter the Hogwarts uh, castle. So he wasn't really like, like happy about that. So he went and confronted them at the uh, Whomping Willow. That's when you see all of that happen. At the end of mm -hmm. the school year, uh, Snape ambushed Black and attempted to apprehend him, believing uh, that he had been the one to betray Lily to Voldemort. Um, Snape appeared for un underneath the uh, invisibility cloak that he had Harry turn into him earlier that year, um, tied up Remus, uh, so Lupin, and um, engaged in an argument with Harry and Hermione while he was also arranging uh, for um, the Dementors to come get uh, Sirius and um, Lupin to go back to Azkaban. But uh, before giving up the two to the Dementors, um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione all use Expelliarmus on Snake, and um, eventually the two got away. Uh, Snape was very upset, so what he do? What did he do? Like to like get back is that he revealed uh, that Lupin was a werewolf and forced Lupin to. Uh, resigned from the Defense Against the Dark Arts post as a professor. So, so yes. can we talk about? I've seen this in TikToks. Can we talk about how there's a point where Professor Umbridge is with at least, uh, I think, I don't know if um, Ron was there, but you have Harry and Hermione that's in the mm -hmm. Forbidden Forest, and right. you see the, the herd of centaurs come in. And she hides behind the children. I'm sure you guys have seen this in TikToks. And then you see Lupin turns into a werewolf. Now, at this point, Snape is already disarmed. Have right. you seen these TikToks? No, I don't watch TikToks. So you have <laughs> Harry, Hermione, and Ron. And Snape stands in front of them. And you can see it. He stands in front of them and goes like this. He doesn't have a wand. He yeah. has nothing to defend himself granted he may have some like you know abilities obviously i'm sure he does being like the excellent like, wizard that he yeah. is but he stands in front of the children yeah to protect them and i just want to point that out at what a uh, uh, people don't give him enough credit 
He has no wand. He has no way to defend them, but he is going to stand in front of the children and protect them because obviously Professor Lupin is not within his right mind when he's in his world. Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. That I remember that specifically in, in the movie. And I always thought that that was like pretty cool. But then I was also like, why is he doing that if he hates them so much? And then you like find out later why. And I'm like, ah, (laughs) um, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in Harry Potter 4, um, Snape is extremely angry that Harry's name is the one that's chosen from the Goblet of Fire uh, for the Triwizard uh, Tournament. Um, but he refused to believe that Harry was the one that entered it. Um, so uh, Professor Moody um, had Snape's office ransacked um claiming that it was like an aurora's privilege um whereas in fact it was just so he could get the ingredients to make more apologies potion because we all know uh he was not who he said he was (laughs) um so at the end of this movie it was dumbledore and snape that tried to convince uh the disbelieving uh cornelius fudge that voldemort had actually returned um and Snape finally just revealed the truth about uh, Black's innocence, and that um, goes into the next movie. <laughs> so in Harry Potter 5, um, Potter this is 19... <laughs> 1995 to 1996, um, with Voldemort's return, Snape had to carry on as the double agent for Voldemort. Um, so when Harry starts having visions about Voldemort, uh, Dumbledore asks Snape to teach him the way to like close his mind to like shut it off um, through the telepathic uh, telepathic connection. Um, however, Snape had to be very careful in the way that he helped, um, as this would show Voldemort uh, if he were to read Harry's mind at that point. Um, like that he was like a double agent. So he had to be very careful about what he was doing. So he was a hell of an mm-hmm. actor in the books as well as, um, you know, in, in the movie. It's just amazing. Um, so in Harry Potter 6, this is in July of 1996, uh, Dumbledore is afflicted with the curse uh, that was cast upon the ring, which is one of um, Voldemort's uh, horcruxes. Uh, Snape was able to slow the curse. However, he knew that it would kill him in the year. Aware of Voldemort's order for Draco to kill Dumbledore, um, Dumbledore actually asked Snape to kill him to spare Draco's soul and prevent um, a slow and painful death. So Snape actually ended up agreeing um, to the headmaster's request, although he was very reluctant to do so in the beginning. Um, But Dumbledore was like, Yo, man, like, he would have, like, all amounts of trust in you if you did this. And he's like, you know what? You're right. Um, so Snape uh, left and then was visited by Bellatrix and um, Draco's mom, uh, Narcissa Malfoy, at his home. And um, this is when uh, the two of them had told uh, Snape that Draco had been given this super difficult, like, task by Voldemort. And... Um, Narcissa swore Snape into the unbreakable vow. Um, the unbreakable vow pretty much says, like, if you don't do what I'm saying, you're going to die. Which is why it would have been super great mm-hmm. <laughs> if Snape did this with Voldemort um, at the beginning. But anyway, 
Um, this Unbreakable Vow would be uh, would be for Snape to protect Draco, complete Voldemort's task, and finish the task if Draco failed, or he would die. Um, Snape ended up doing this vow, and uh, we continue. So Dumbledore announced that he was appointing Snape as the professor of the dark arts. Um, and then this is when Harry becomes into the possession of the property of the Half-Blood Prince uh, Advanced Potions book. Um, so Snape uh, then went into Dumbledore's office. Uh, this is when Dumbledore told Snape that Harry actually had to die as he was one of the Horcruxes. He is mad, um, but still showed that he loved Lily, uh, Harry Potter's mom, by revealing his Patronus, which was a doe, uh, same as Lily's. Um, so uh, Dumbledore asked always. him, like, you still love her all always. this time? And he said, always, yes. Yes. Oh, such a touching moment. So touching. Um, <laughs> so uh, always, yes, Rob, yes, Rob. always. So uh, Snape rushed uh, to the fight with Harry and Draco, um, where he had realized that Harry had just used the Septum Centra um, on Draco. He uh, healed Draco's wounds, and then um, he was trying to like talk to Harry about like, where did you get this book? Where did you get the book? Um, and Meh. like Harry like switched his book with Ron's because Snape was like, let me see all your books, and then he like gave him all of his books, but. One was like Ron's, um, so he never actually saw the book. Um, so then Harry actually had discovered that it was Snape that um, had heard the prophecy about the uh, the end of July child being the demise of Voldemort, and was the one that told it to Voldemort. Um, despite all of like Harry's angry questions, like Dumbledore was like, "Dude, I still trust him. Trust me." I trust them. Um, so after they uh, got the locket, um, they went to uh, back to the astronomy tower. Um, and uh, Dumbledore was like super weakened by Voldemort's potion and the school was under attack. So he had asked Harry to go get Snape. Um, but before Harry could leave, uh, Draco had arrived and disarmed Dumbledore, who is, spoiler alert, holding the Elder Wand. Um, this is like what super. <laughs> yeah, so Dumbledore is always the one that had the wand. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit, but Draco disarmed him, so now the wand is not like with Dumbledore anymore. Um, but he's not able to fulfill the task of trying to kill him. So Snape had to do it. Um, this is the part in the movie where you see Snape coming up to Harry in the bottom of the astronomy tower and just saying shh to him. And then like going up, killing Dumbledore. Uh, it was really well done in the movie. AD, you are completely correct. I did not read the books either, but oh. that this moment, 100%. this moment is just like so well done. Um, so this left Snape to kill uh, Dumbledore. This obviously enraged um, Harry, who chased after Snape. The two of them engaged in a duel, which was ultimately, obviously, one-sided. 
Um, but Snape just was like blocking all of Harry's attempts to like hit him, but refused to strike back. Um, Snape ended up getting mad at Harry when he calls him a, a coward. Um, and then uh, used his own spell and reveals to be the Half-Blood Prince. Um, so, on to Harry Potter 7. He's on the run. Um, so, in the summer of 1997, uh, Snape informed Voldemort that Harry was uh, about to depart for his relative's house. Uh, on Dumbledore's orders, Snape actually told him the correct date. But uh, Snape told uh, Manuncus Fletcher to use the seven de decoys of Harry Potter. Um, so when the Death Eaters arrived, uh, they wouldn't know who the real one was. Uh, to be consistent with his um, dual like um, person thing, agent, there we go, dual agent, um, he had, uh, Snape had made Fletcher, uh, Fletcher not remember anything that he had told him. Um, during this, this, uh, battle, he was trying to aim at a Death Eater, uh, using Septum Centra, but accidentally, uh, cut off, um, George Weasley's ear, uh, which is what you see in the movie. Um, so, as Headmaster, uh, yes. Was I not hearing you before? Sorry, he cut off his ear. I was like, can you hear me now? <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm good. No, it was a joke. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, oh, <laughs> that went right over my head. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, so it's okay. I'm weird. It's okay. I'm weird. I'm sorry. I'm like so reason. into my like notes and like saying everything that I completely missed your joke about him cutting off I'm the so ear. And can you hear me now? Um. Uh, all right. So. I'm weird. It's okay. You're good. That's why we get along. So in 1997 to 1998, uh, Snape was appointed as headmaster of Hogwarts. Um, and he headmaster. appointed um, Death Eaters as the deputy heads. Um, Snape actually used potions to discreetly protect the students. He had and to. Yeah, and contain um, the Death Eaters. You know, um, so like he was like, all right, like mm -hmm. we're going to do the things, but I'm, I'm going to be real secretive about it, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So Snape continued to actually receive directions um, in the form of like instructions, right, from Dumbledore's portrait because all of the headmaster's portraits are there. And he's like talking to the portrait and still getting instructions, which I thought was super cool. So the Sword mm -hmm. of Gryffindor... Uh, was removed from the glass case, which was in the headmaster's office, um, and uh, was supposed to be given in accordance with Dumbledore's, like, um, like test, um, his will and testament, right, to Harry. However, uh, it wasn't there. Um, it was actually a fake. The real one was actually in the wall behind Dumbledore's portrait. Thought that was super cool. It's not in the books, but that was super dope. So he actually gave the fake sword after um, Luna, uh, Neville, and Ginny tried to steal it from the office and then sent to detention. He actually, Snape gave the sword, the fake sword, uh, to Bellatrix Lestrange, who thought it was real and kept it in her vault. Which is why when you see it in the movies, she's like, how did you get that? 
you were in my vault. How were you in my vault? It wasn't actually like, it wasn't the real one, right? Um, so then but Dumbledore- But that just goes to show you, that just goes to show you that Bellatrix doesn't know the, the lore behind um, the sort of Gryffindor because it will Correct. appear to any Gryffindor that is truly in need. Correct. You can't keep and it in a vault, girl. If Snape is like if Snape is a Slytherin and then she keeps it, she's obviously like, you know, a Slytherin, right? Mm -hmm. And she just keeps it in her vault. Like, how would that Probably. stay there? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying definitively that she is. Um, I'm saying theoretically with my brain where it is, I'm saying that she's probably a Slytherin. Not saying that all Slytherins are bad, clearly. Obviously, as we have one in our heroes list. Um, so Dumbledore's portrait actually instructed <laughs> True. Snape um, to give the sword to Harry, the real one. Um, so Snape actually took the real sword and then hid it in the frozen pond near Harry's camp spot. Um, he used his Patronus, which if we all remember, is the same as his mother's, the doe, to lead Harry from his camp to the spot where it was in the lake. Um, Snape fled the castle, jumping out of a window, um, and he used his ability to fly without a broom, which ultimately we all think is kind of what he learned from Voldemort uh, because he was found out that like he had killed Dumbledore. Um, so uh, now we're going into the Battle of Hogwarts. Um, so Voldemort told Snape... Um, as the uh, master of the Elder One, uh, from killing Dumbledore, that Snape must die um, so that the Elder One could be his. The way that the Elder One works is whoever has it is the user. However, if you disarm them, whoever disarms them is the one that like has the wand. However, Voldemort didn't know that Draco had disarmed Vol uh, Dumbledore prior to Snape killing him. Uh, so what Voldemort thought was that Snape was the one that was the owner of the Elder One. He wasn't. Um, he tried to explain the situation. Mm -hmm. However, before he could get all of his, world, his words out, um, Voldemort actually ordered Nagini to kill Snake by biting him in his neck before he could finish. Uh, super sad. Um, Snake also took the two Death Eaters. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, there we go. That, that's right, Rob. Thank you for letting me know about that. I totally forgot about that. So, um, mm -hmm. so dying, um, Snape actually released a cloud of memories and told Harry in his, like, dying breath um, to take them because he was watching, like, in hiding, right? So Harry took the memories to uh, Dumbledore's office where he discovered that Snape had befriended Lily um, and had been separated upon their arrival. Um, he had seen that uh, Snape actually went to Dumbledore, like uh, begged him to hide um, the Potters from Voldemort. What was Snape's last words to Harry? I think it was like, let me see your eyes or something like that because he wanted to see... Harry's eyes because he had uh, his mother's eyes. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't, I'm like, kind of Lily's like, eyes. yeah, you have Lily's eyes. It, it was, look at me. There we go. Yeah. Um, that was me kind of paraphrasing off the top of my memory. Um, 
So um, Snape had been seen going to Dumbledore, uh, begging him to hide the Potters from Voldemort, um, who was planning to target Lily's son to prevent the prophecy. Um, Snape felt pain and remorse that Lily had been murdered and agreed to help Dumbledore protect Harry. Now, this is all just kind of like what Harry's actually seeing um, to show him that Snape isn't a bad guy. He's actually the hero of a lot of things. Um, so mm -hmm. uh, the memories also revealed that uh, Snape had been the one to slow the, cor the curse on Dumbledore. And at the end, um, it showed that uh, Snape was outraged um, at the fact that Harry had to die. And that revealed his Patronus that he had still loved his mom to his dying breath. Um, due to the memories, uh, Harry understood where Snape alliances uh, always were. And it showed uh, Harry the memory where Dumbledore had told Snape that um, Harry was a horcrux and to tell him at the right time. Um, so needless to say, um, Harry has one of his children and his name is Albus Severus Potter. Uh, it's the second son to Harry, um, and this was the only one to inherit Lily's bright green uh, almond-shaped eyes that he named after Snape because of the impact that this man had on his life. So that's Snape. <laughs> He's such, such <laughs> an amazing character, such <laughs> an amazing actor. I mean... Yeah. You know, I can only imagine what it's like to be Snape because, I mean, here is the child of the woman that you absolutely just loved through and through. And not only does, I mean, Harry has his mom's eyes. Yeah, but, but everything else is his father. Like his dad, James. And yeah. And he hates him. Yeah. And, and I can, I get why. Yeah. I And I get why Snape has such a hard time, like, looking at Harry because not only does he look like James and he acts like James a lot of times, but he is also Lily. Yeah. And through and through he's Lily. I, mean, I, I cannot. Yeah. And I can't imagine what that's like. Like you tried so hard to keep the woman that you, you love alive and she dies. And then, you know, your, your best friend slash boss wants you to, you know, help protect him while he's going through Hogwarts and, I, I can't imagine what's going through him during that time. It's a lot of like give and take. You I know, can only imagine. He like yeah. supports Dumbledore like through and through, like even kills Dumbledore. Yeah. yeah. Out and, of like, Dumbledore's he, request. He it was Draco's Dumbledore that soul, requested. So he doesn't have to yeah. kill Dumbledore. <clears throat> like such a what good was guy. The significant like, I mean, if you ever right? doubt that a Slytherin oh, can be. Rob. I'm going to need you to tell me what that first question was because I don't remember. Do you remember, Jen, what uh, Snape's first question to Harry was? I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. I'm oh, sorry, wow. Rob. I let you down. I don't remember. He asked what happens when you mix powdered root of Asphalt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, remember I don't that. know this. Jen, do you know the answer to this? Why that was significant? No? Rob, tell us, because now we need to know. 
help. Or I'm dropping knowledge. I don't know. I need it. <laughs> I need the knowledge now. <laughs> Infusion of wormwood. I don't. I don't know. Okay. So well, while I, Rob types up his dropping knowledge on us, um, we are going to start talking about Neville Longbottom. Yes, ma'am. He's the other person that um, my friends in um, the USDM page voted, which I was super excited about because, you know, he's, um, I, don't, I don't have a super whole lot of information about him, but he is also a really important character. Um, yes, he, he is. He is the <laughs> only child of Frank and Alice Longbottom. Yeah. Um. They, uh, oh my so god! So Alice and Frank were um, really, Rob, my dude. I'm gonna go start crying now. I need I need a moment. I, I'm sorry. I can't handle these feelings. Okay. Excuse us. We're gonna take a minute. Right <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, so, um, so, no, I don't. Dude. I don't blame That's Snape. Wild. I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, he loved her so much. That's his Patronus. That's his Literally. true source of yeah. happiness. You can only create a Patronus off of your happy you memory. Tap yes. into that true source of happiness for yourself. Yes, you have to have an absolutely beautiful, happy memory. That's what I think was so amazing that Harry was able to create a corporeal stag. That's his Patronus, just like his dad. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, he had so many things in his life that weren't happy. I mean, he lived mm -hmm. under the stairs for crying out loud. Yeah. But right. he had his own room. Thank you for that. <laughs> so, Neville, tell me. Tell me about dear Neville. <laughs> All right. So, Neville. Neville. So, um. Neville's parents were uh, very well-respected Aurors, um, and they were actually members of the original um, Order of the Phoenix. Um, as you remember from the books and the movie, they were tortured by Bellatrix um, Lestrange mm -hmm. and other Death Eaters um, with the um, Cruciatus Curse. Um, so... Just like Harry, uh, Neville's birth was uh, marked by a prophecy of being one of two children with the potential to defeat Lord Voldemort. Um, so in, in Harry Potter 1, we meet Neville, and he's mostly shy, clumsy, introverted. I can identify with that. Yeah. Um, and he was, what well, we didn't know is that he was constantly being told by his grandmother, who who ended up raising him. <laughs> um, he was not parents' accomplishments. Um, Neville was like constantly was intimidated by uh, Gryffindor's reputation for bravery. Um, and during the sorting ceremony, um, he silently argued with the, the sorting hat um, for a really long time to be placed into Hufflepuff. But the sorting hat won in the end and placed him in the Gryffindor. So what a lot of people don't know, and they don't really show it in the movie, they, they kind of allude to it more in the books, is that when people are being sorted into their houses, it's not like a quick boop, 
oh, you're going to Gryffindor, boop, and you're done. It's it's a conversation that you have with the sorting hat. The sorting hat can actually see into you. It takes your choices into consideration, just like um, you saw with Harry, like potentially being sorted in a Slytherin, but he's like, please, please, no, 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 God, no. And even with but, Hermione. But, and then, but real okay. quick, yeah, real quick, sorry, real tangent. What? Um, wasn't it interesting, like thinking Girl, of it go. now? That like the sorting hat went onto Harry's head, and it was like, would you like do we want to do Slytherin or do we want to do Gryffindor? And the reason I feel like why mm -hmm. they wanted to put him into Slytherin was because he had half of Voldemort in him because he was a Horcrux, which is like so amazing to think oh. of it now. Hundred percent. As to 100%. like, yes, mm -hmm. and it was just like, it, like after watching like the whole series and being like thrown through all of the emotions and like watching it again and i was like oh my god oh my god that was why but anyway sorry continue yeah and, well no that's why the sorting hat is so in, important i mean um as you can see even neville like wants to go into hufflepuff and <laughs> i'll explain why later why it chose where i did and then why, you know, Hermione could have potentially be put into Ravenclaw, which are notoriously more studious, but she wanted to be put into Gryffindor. So again, the sorting hat looks into you, but it also considers your choice and it makes right. the choice that's probably what's best for you. It, it takes probably sorting into houses very seriously for the most part. Um, Absolutely. So... You see Neville, and he's in Professor Snape's class, and he he, he melted his cauldron <laughs> um, and, um, that was brewing. Another student was drenched in this. So he's obviously not very, very good at these things. Um, and you see in the first Harry Potter movie, he's flying on his broom, and he falls off and ends up breaking his wrist and has to be take um taken to the um uh hospital or medical wing mm -hmm. um and then um when harry and the trio leave to um have a duel duel with um draco malfoy um that is where um neville actually uh trailed after them and he was also uh, another person that drew the attention to fluffy <laughs> oh fluffy you come up again um the three-headed do that, that dog's important let me tell you mm -hmm. um and then also um during the christmas holiday uh neville actually suffered um a cruel prank by draco in which his legs uh, were stuck together by a, a leg locker curse um and neville obviously was like super upset about this and this is where he gave him his last chocolate frog um, trying to console him because I know um, I think Neville actually had to hop all the way back to the Gryffindor Tower. Um, and this act of kindness from Harry actually helped them in the long run because um, this is where they were able to identify uh, Nicholas Fomel. So it was uh, Dumbledore's um, collectible card and Nicholas Fomel was mentioned on this collectible card. And so oh, Harry's on the chocolate in the Neville. chocolate frog. Like, oh, look, it has Nicholas Fumel on there. Oh. Yep, on the collectible okay, card that's that comes wild. with chocolate okay. frogs. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, 
Yeah. Um, and so you see the first time that Neville actually sticks up for himself is during um, a Quidditch match. Uh, Malfoy was actually taunting the Gryffindor team and Neville challenged Malfoy. Now, uh, I think this is where Crab and Goyle uh, uh, with and with Ron and they, they jump into this big fight with um, Malfoy and I think Neville ends up getting knocked out by Crab and Goyle. So there's yeah. there's a point where he's starting to stand up for himself. He's getting mm -hmm. there. Yeah. So he showed some bravery. Um, and then um, on the night that uh. Professor Quirrell was starting or, or attempting, attempting to steal the um, philosopher or the sorcerer's stone, however you want to put it. Um, he attempted to stop um, Harry, Hermione, and Ron, but this is where um, Hermione froze him. But yeah. um, it was like a full body buying curse, I think is what she casted, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and in the end, he ended up being awarded 10 points to Gryffindor, uh, which pushed them into first place because I think they were tied with um, Slytherin at that point. They were. Um, yeah. He was recognized for standing up to his friend, which, as you can imagine, that's that's really hard to do. Like, yeah. stand up to your friends. can't imagine. Mm -hmm. That takes, like, a huge amount of bravery. Um, <clears throat> so... During Harry Potter 2 and the Chamber of Secrets um, is when the Basilisk is um, attacking um, the students. And he was afraid that he was going to be attacked. But he was told, like, you know, you don't have to, you know, be worried. Like, you're a pure-blood wizard. But um, Neville is actually worried that he was a squib. Now, those of you that don't know what a squib is, Squib is, it's um, a child that's born of magical parents that actually has no magical abilities at all. And he was actually afraid that he was still in danger, even though he was a pureblood. Did you Man, actually that made me so sad. The, I read that, I was like, oh. Did you hear oh, the uh, theory that um, Hermione actually comes from, like, a very powerful line of wizards and, like, her parents were just squibs? Did you hear that? Because that's another TikTok, like, um, theory. No. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just just wondering. My, Go ahead. Uh, my Girl, work... you can't, like, drop that shit and not say anything about it, girl. Say no, it. I mean, like, so my work friend uh, just kind of, like, dropped that, like, knowledge on me and then, like, walked away. And I was like, huh. Because you were talking about Squib just now and it, like... Because of, like, an AD said it, like, it's an actual interesting theory that makes sense. Because of, like, how powerful of a sorceress that she mm -hmm. actually, like, a witch that she is, right? Like, how is she going to have all of this magical ability but have, like, only, like, like non-magical parents, mm -hmm. right? So, um, yeah. There's a theory out there for all of you that are listening um, for a rabbit hole, if you will, uh, that <laughs> Hermione actually is not um muggle blood so it's skipped a generation that would actually make sense because as powerful as she is right that would actually make more sense than her just right. coming from muggle parents yep. having no magical bloodline at all and mm. her being like super amazing like can cast spells before her team gets one I, yeah. I can totally believe that. i can wrap my brain around that one okay 
Um, so, um, Harry Potter three. Um, so in the movie, it doesn't show it, but Neville's actually present when the Dementors actually enter the train compartment. And, um, he, once they get to Hogwarts, he tells people about this experience. And this is where Malfoy starts taunting Harry about fainting. Um, and then also um, in the divinations class with Professor Trelawney, um, this is where um, he breaks like her teacups. I don't know if they actually show that. <clears throat> and, um, and then she, this is where she actually urged him to like, you know, try to catch up with the class, try to, try to, you know, do better. And I'm like, damn, damn. So, really necessary. He's Poor trying. Guy. Like he's trying. He is break. trying. I know. No. Give poor man a break. Um, and then um, this is also where he's in the potions class and his shrinking potion is orange instead of green. And Professor Snape <laughs> tells him that he'll feed some of this potion to Neville's toad if he didn't get it right. So Damn. Hermione ends up helping him. Remember, I kind of alluded that before. Hermione likes to help other people, even though she comes across as being very bossy. But she does actually help people, and she helps Neville a lot. Um, and his um, potion ends up turning green with her guidance. Um, he successfully shrinks his toad Trevor um, to like a little tadpole. But in the end, um, Professor Snape ends up taking five points from Gryffindor just out of spite for Hermione helping. <clears throat> Good old um, Snape. <laughs> and if you I know leave it to him right <laughs> um, and then um, with Professor Lupin um, teaching the Defense Against the Dark Arts class you see that um, Neville's actually the first one um, to face a boggart and mm -hmm. it turns <laughs> turns into Professor Snape and this is it where does. Professor Lupin um, teaches him how to kind of overcome a bogger you imagine like the bogger and um or in this case professor snape and like your grandmother's clothes um and he ends up um earning 10 points for gryffindor for uh, banishing the bogger um by the end of the class um, dude that was like such also a funny it scene, shows though. uh where he <laughs> it was just such a funny alan scene, rickman like... and like grandmother's clothes is hilarious. <laughs> i love it Love the moo-moo. It's the best. Um, so uh, this is also the um, one where uh, he loses the password to Gryffindor because they keep changing the password so much. I think he ends up writing it down on a, a piece of paper. And he loses that piece of paper. And then Sirius Black is actually able to uh, gain access into the Gryffindor Tower. Um, this is why he so needs Professor that. Professor McGonagall all. actually bans him from. Remember yeah, the but it doesn't actually help him remember anything. It no, well, it just it says that you remember forgetting something. You forgot something, and you just can't remember what. Yeah, he's like what? And I, and I remember in that scene, he forgot his um cloak. <laughs> he's like, I don't remember. I don't remember what I didn't remember. And I'm like, really, dude? Like, come on. Um, so. Professor McGonagall actually bans him from having the, uh, for 
bans him from Hogmeads and then also um, bans him from having the password enter Gryffindor Tower. So he actually has to rely on the other students. So he has to stand there and wait in order for him to gain access to the tower. And I think the entire time, the the fat lady that actually guards the entrance to the Gryffindor Tower is just sitting there like sneering at him like, <laughs> She just sneered. She that was whoever they got to play her is like absolutely hilarious. She's funny. Um, so on to Harry Potter four. Um, this is where Professor Moody, um, mm-hmm. Professor Moody, air quotes, um, has his first class for uh, defense against the dark arts, um, and he starts. Um, Give them class information about the Cruciatus curse. Um, and he uh, demonstrates this curse on a spider. Mm-hmm. Now, Neville is absolutely terrified. Understandably so, because as we remember that Bellastrix, the Strange, and other Death Eaters perform this curse on his parents. Right. Um, but uh, Prof- Professor Moody ends up using Neville, because we know it's not Moody, right? Um, And gave him a book on magical water plants. And this is actually how Harry gets the idea of using the gillyweed um, during the Triwizard um, Tournament um, that he needed for his second task. So Neville did play a part in that. Um, And then um, it also showed in another um, class by Professor Moody that... um, he was put under the imperious curse and able to perform like all these like gymnastics things that he normally wouldn't be able to, if he wasn't under this curse. Um, again, this wasn't um, shown in the movies, but it, it shows you at least in the book, like how powerful these curses are. Um, right. Just, yeah. The imperious curse is definitely not something like you can do things that you normally can't do when you're not under it. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, during um, Harry Potter 5 you don't really see a whole lot of Neville you see him kind of participating um, he was actually one of the first people that signed up for Dumbledore's army there um, I think this is where you first see Neville um, actually successfully uh, disarm someone I think he ends up disarming Harry mm-hmm. in the room of requirement um, so you start seeing Neville gain a little bit of confidence and showing yeah. um, some talent. And this and is why I we love character know progression. Harry plays a big part in that. Big... You know, th- that was actually one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about Neville because you see him as this shy, introverted, clumsy kid, and he has really great character growth. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I think where he really starts to blossom is probably Harry, um, the last few Harry Potter books. Um, you know, he starts getting some encouragement from Harry and, and some acknowledgement and that he really just starts to blossom. Um, right. So uh, even um, in the books and um, Harry Potter 5 and Dumbledore's Army, he um, starts improving like beyond all recognition and just if few months like he absolutely throws his heart into learning the things that that harry is teaching like it's just amazing and um, and harry potter six though um 
this is when um, 10 Death Eaters escaped. Um, this is also including some of the ones that um, tortured his parents. Um, but Neville didn't really talk about it, but Harry comments that um, it brought a strange and um, even alarming change in Neville when these Death Eaters escaped. He worked harder than anyone in Dumbledore's army and was uh, faster to pick up new spells. The only person that kind of um, outdid him was, of course, Hermione. And that, that says something. Nerd. <laughs> yeah. About uh, our dear Neville. <laughs> right? You're, the nerd is getting strong with this one. Um, and then also in the, um, the Hall of Prophecies, when they're going to um, find Harry's prophecy. Um, yeah. Get, get in there, Rob. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he really does. Really does. Um, he um, disarms uh, Rebastian Lestrange in the time room. Um, he also accidentally disarms Harry. Um, in the same time room as well, but he's um, definitely an asset in um, this particular uh, part of the story. Um, he, he was unable um, to help Harry in the death uh, chamber with um, several Death Eaters um, that actually had Harry cornered. Um, but he did also try to help Hermione's wand uh, with Hermione's wand. So she was actually ended up being knocked unconscious, but... Mm -hmm. um, he had gotten hit and his nose was broken. So he wasn't actually able to pronunciate the spells appropriately, but he was still Yikes. trying to, uh, can you imagine trying to like, Nope. I nope. <laughs> what was going through. I, I just wanted that to you did that. that for you, just in case you wouldn't like <laughs> rub your brain around it. Like he kind of heard. I had a really hard time. Um, and then uh, also, also during this exchange, um, <laughs> 80's done for. <laughs> um, and Bellatrix Lestrange briefly tortured Neville um, with the uh, Cruciatus curse um, to make Harry hand over the prophecy orb. And Neville's telling Harry not to hand over the orb. He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Um. And this is when the Order of the Phoenix arrives and um, Harry tries uh, to get out with Neville. And um, they were stopped by uh, another Death Eater. And Harry and Neville are trying to escape. And that's when um, Neville ends up breaking the prophecy accidentally because it's hidden in like this glass orb. Mm -hmm. um, um, and this is also where you learn from Dumbledore that... Um, Harry and Neville are both born at the, the close of July, just like the um, prophecy from um, Professor Trelawney had said. And Dumbledore tells Harry that he did believe that the prophecy did refer to Harry um, and Neville equally. It's just Voldemort chose or marked Harry as his equal as attacking yeah. him. Um, in the end... Um, Neville's grandmother ended up purchasing him a new wand. Um, and I think it ended up being a 13-inch cherry wood with a unicorn hair cord. Just wanted to point that out. Um, just to point out that 
even though there's a lot of things that went on in Harry Potter 5, what you can see is that it's not just Neville trying. He's embodying what it means to be a Gryffindor. He is having courage. He's showing bravery, although mm -hmm. he's not always doing the best, but he has that with, within himself. He's doing the best that right. he can do as himself. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, in Harry Potter 6, um, this is where Professor Slughorn is um, in the uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts. And um, he's invited to the Slug Club. And he doesn't quite meet the quota so he gets kind of booted and I think it kind of hurts his feelings a little bit um, he actually um, tests for his owls and um, he gets uh, herbology charms outstanding and then his defense against the dark arts does um, exceeds expectations just a little note okay. um, and his uh, he does okay with transconfiguration but I think um, Professor McGonagall says, you know, don't go for it because, you know, it's going to be too hard. And you're not going to be able to keep up with other people. Um, he was present during the uh, Battle of the Astronomy Tower. Um, he responded to, um, there was a summons. I don't know. If, I don't think they mentioned that in the movie. But there was a summons through the Dumbledore's Army coins. And him and Luna um, came. Um, and I uh, believe he stood outside, I think he was with Luna, outside the room of requirement uh, with Ron and Jenny waiting for Malfoy. Um, Ralph, Malfoy ended up evading them, and um, Neville ended up um, getting injured and spending um, a considerable uh, amount of time in the hospital wing. But um, I think there's, uh, in one of the games, you actually see him there during uh, Dumbledore's funeral. Now, Harry Potter 7. Guys, this is where Neville just absolutely blossoms, and not just because he's great at herbology, um, blossoms into this beautiful, beautiful flower. He just... <laughs> so proud. Look at you. You did so good. Um, so, Harry, the trio, Harry, Ron, Hermione, are gone searching for the Horcruxes, right? So Neville stays behind at Hogwarts and he restarts Dumbledore's army with Luna and Jenny. Um, he got into trouble with like the Death Eater professors um, for uh, refusing to um, practice the Cruciatus curse on the students as like a form of punishment, which to me is like understandable. Like my parents got yep. tortured with that bitch. I ain't doing and that shit to my fellow tortured. students. Right. And like, fuck you. Mm -mm. Yeah. Like, fuck you twice. Like, no. Um, and then um, uh, I remember Snape ended up getting involved in the book, and um, he, his punishment was sending them to detention in the Forbidden Forest with Hagrid. Nuts! Guess I'll just go into the forest with Hagrid. Damn it. Please, no one or anything with that. Um, so Neville kind of faces this thing. Like, he has this whole rebellion. He's leading this whole rebellion. Um, by himself. Um, they kind of cease the open rebellion because I think at one point um, there was um, somebody was uh, there was a first year 
that was chained up and someone was like brutally tortured for trying to free this first year student. So um, Neville decided kind of like this open rebellion wasn't going to be um, uh, work anymore. And I think he mm -hmm. kind of lost a lot of heart too after Luna was dragged away by Death Eaters because like you had said, like her father was um, worked for the Quibbler. So they were mm -hmm. kind of using Luna's leverage. Yep. And then um, he also lost uh, Jenny when um, um, the um, the Weasleys um, took her and they went into hiding after um, it was after that um, fight they had at Malfoy Manor when Bellatrix Restrange was there and that was when, that's when Dobby died. I don't want to talk about it. Yep. <laughs> um, and dude um during this time um neville suffered a lot of torture um and beatings and everything at the hand of the death eater professors um and they also at one point um targeted his grandmother um but she his grandmother even though she wasn't super nice to him she she was smart so once she kind of um knew that this was going to happen she evaded capture and she went into hiding mm -hmm. um and he ended up hiding in the room requirement along with a lot of the other people that are a part of dumbledore's army um, um and you remember that also connected to hogshead so that's where they were getting their food from um aberforth um dumbledore Right, right. So, um, about, right, um, so about the time that, uh, Ron, Harry, and Hermione returned, um, he signaled to the rest of Dumbledore's army to return to Hogwarts, and that was the, um, beginning, um, of the Battle of Hogwarts. His grandmother was, like, a legit badass, yeah, I remember reading about that. Like, I mean, his parents, I mean, both were ours. And then, like, his grand, like, I, I can kind of see why she's like, come on, Neville. Like, you're not living up to the family name. But, I mean, he just needed his own time to grow. But, right. yeah, it's like, for sure. Like, I, I, I read some stuff about his grandmother. It was a rabbit hole I went down for a little bit. And I was like, damn, man, his grandmother ain't no joke. <laughs> like, we'll talk offline. Some people up. Um, so... Neville being, yeah, yeah, we'll talk. Um, so this is where it doesn't really show it in the movies, but this is where um, Neville uses a lot of his knowledge of plants to like uh, attack the Death Eaters. Um, mm -hmm. And this is where uh, he tells um, he tells Harry like, "Hey, it's going to be my top priority to get um, Nagini, um, Voldemort Snake, because he they knew that she was a Horcrux." Um, and this is even uh, after Harry goes into the woods and supposedly dies, he still stands up in defiance against Voldemort. Can we say Voldemort's name? Should we say yes. he must not? I've been We're saying in a safe it. Place, right? Yeah. We can say his name. Yeah. We're Absolutely. good. Okay. Okay. Voldemort. Like, yeah. I kind of cringe a little <laughs> bit. I'm like, can I say that? Oh. Okay. Um, this is where. You see Neville, even though Harry's dead, a lot of his friends are getting beat up and everything. He still stands up in defiance. Hell yeah, dude. Um, 
and he was even um, in the books. He was forced to uh, wear the Sorting Hat to uh, like almost like force his loyalty to Vol Voldemort, and it was actually burning his head. And he actually refused to Yo. like pledge his loyalty to Voldemort. That's yeah, wild. Girl. Okay, girl books. I know. And there are some things like I get why they leave it out, but there's other things I'm like, yeah, you could have you could have mentioned that. The same. Yeah. And because of the amazing bravery that he showed, he was able to pull the Sword of Gryffindor from the Sorting Hat. So he proved himself to be a true Gryffindor at th that point in the eyes of Godric uh, Gryffindor. Yes, which because is, um, whoever gets a sword something needs it the that most. Amazing. Exactly. It's amazing. And he he doubted this a lot the whole time that he, that poor kid was at Hogwarts. He was so shy, weak willed, and he was kind of like this bumbling goofball. Um, he never truly believed that he was a Gryffindor. Now, I just want to pour out this awesome, awesome moment where he takes off Nagini's head. Girl, he doesn't hack it. He hits her with one stroke. How does he do it? Tell me. Cuts her head off. Girl. I was just like, oh my God. My God. With a single swipe, um, just whoosh, gone. So he, he did. And you know, all in all, like, Later on, he ends up um, becoming the the head of the Gryffindor house um, while McGonagall is the, the headmistress um, in the book of um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Mm -hmm. But he, Neville Longbottom, went through this amazing transformation from this timid, scaredy cat into this soldier of, like, ironclad will. That's the only, like... Thing I can like he's amazing I mean even like the person like transforms into like this chubby kid which don't we all love chubby kids and he just comes out like this brute chiseled guy and I was like what happened to Neville I'm like who is this my god what happened um and it he he became becomes this ferocious defender of his fellow students during Voldemort's mm -hmm. reign and I have to say like in the end the sorting hat got it right when she placed yeah. him in a Gryffindor is a hundred percent where he belonged, even though he didn't believe it. Guys, when the sorting hat puts you into a place, you just need to have faith that that is where you were meant to be. Now I have the song "Gotta Have Faith, Faith, Faith." Sorry, uh, in my head. Uh, but anyway, Can bye, I Rob. Thanks for sticking through. <laughs> yeah. Woo! <laughs> so you ready for our final shots and thoughts? I am. Let's do this. Okay. So final shots and thoughts. Thank you for everybody. Thank you for everybody that tuned in to our fifth episode. Uh, super thankful for everybody that commented and everything. Uh, you guys have been super helpful with uh, getting us that info. I super appreciate it. Um, 
uh, stay tuned for the USDN page for our updates for our sixth episode, which uh, you guessed it, it's Hogwarts Villains coming right at you. But that's going to be in like November because in October we're going to be doing a whole bunch of horror stuff. Uh, so stay tuned for that because that's going to be super fun. Okay, so uh, mm-hmm. USDN episode three is coming at you live. Um, on September 23rd, mark your calendars at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, continuing our Predator and Alien uh, universe. Uh, we have more to come for our interview series, so also go ahead and check out that. Uh, if you haven't watched any of those interviews, you know, you have them on Spotify, Apple Music, you name it, we got it. We got you. Um, we also wanted to point out that is. As a Patreon member, uh, you will have exclusive access for episode-by-episode breakdown of Ahsoka. If you do not see the first one, it's already out. Um, Come on Tuesday, we will be releasing it for the rest of you um, non-Patreon members to go ahead and listen to it. Uh, Make sure that you like, subscribe, comment. We are open to feedback. Please let us know what you guys think. Uh, Your one and only Rob, who's been active in our comments, is also live on that as well. So we super appreciate you. The next one, however, if you're a (laughs) Patreon member, will be on Monday, September 4th. Uh, But fear not. If you're not a Patreon member, we will be giving you a full-up season wrap party um, date here to come. Cannot remember it off the top of my head. Uh, we will uh, get that to you. Um, special thank you goes out to the DFPN family. Um, that episode for the season wrap party is on October 11th, by the way. Sorry to change course, but going back. Um, a special thank you goes out to the DFPN uh, podcast group, uh, our fam. Thank you for all the love and support that you've given us. If you like this little this little hat here, you see it? You love it? I love it. It fits great on my head. <laughs> um, you guys can get it in our merch shop. If you don't know where it is, we have a link tree. Don't worry. We got you. Uh, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is USDN approved. Jeff, you got our outro? 